Friends, welcome to This Good Word. My name is Steve Weens, as always, and for the next several weeks, I'm going to do something I don't think I've ever done, and that is to particularly talk about, celebrate, and lean into a season of the church calendar. Now, if you've never done this before, if you're either not a person of the Christian faith or you are a Christian that has not yet celebrated the seasons of the church calendar, then I'm excited for you, to be honest. Uh, I started celebrating the seasons of the church calendar about 10 years ago. And what I find is that it allows me to name certain realities in my life that maybe I otherwise wouldn't name. It allows me to name some desires and longings, some places that I hope to be, but maybe haven't yet found some maybe secrets that I haven't revealed that maybe I need to in safe spaces. It allows this following the seasons of the church calendar allows me to be more integrated as a human being into the fabric of the universe. And so the seasons of the church calendar start every year with Advent and Advent means arrival And Advent is a season where we're shrouded in darkness, but we're waiting for light. So we're waiting for the arrival of light. And it's a season where we're invited to really name those places in our world, in our lives, where things seem dark and hopeless. And that takes a lot of courage to do that. But then we're also invited to take a step of vulnerability and ask the Christ to come into those areas. We believe that Christ came into the world um, in the first century, but in another mysterious way, we believe that Christ can still come into those dark places in our world, in our own lives, and that is a mystery. We don't know how that happens, and I think it's vulnerable because we're not sure if Christ will come But the season of Advent allows us uh, to hope anyway. So over these next several weeks, I have uh, had conversations with my friend Ruth Haley Barton, who is the director of the Transforming Center in Chicago, Illinois. And she's a good friend, and she also has um, been very intentional in her own life about following the seasons seasons. And she has lots to say about the season of Advent. So before we get into it, um, we're going to hear a scripture reading from my wife, Mary, for the particular Sunday of Advent that we're leaning into. And then we will get into the conversation between me and Ruth. So enjoy the scripture and then enjoy the conversation. A reading from Romans, chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, 
not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Hi, Ruth. Yes, we're back, Steve. I'm so glad about it. <laughs> you know, I actually have been looking forward to just talking to you. So I know we have work to do, and, and we're going to talk Advent. Um, but this is going to be fun. And it I is. hope, I, I you know, for all of you who are listening, um, as we start up a new year in the church calendar, uh, my hope is you have some anticipation and longing even for these conversations. Um, but what is Advent, Ruth, just generally? Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the specifics of sort of the first Sunday of Advent. Yeah, well, the season of Advent really has to do with the themes of light and dark, no matter where you live. Um, and it has to do with waiting for the light of Christ to come into the dark places of our world and our lives. Advent literally means arrival. Um, and the themes of this season have us paying attention to the coming of Christ, not just way back in the biblical times, but now in the places of our lives where we long for his presence and need his intervention. And so in Advent, we're actually paying attention to what we could call the third coming of Christ. The first, the first coming, yes, we're paying attention to the first coming of Christ where Jesus came as a baby. The second coming is when he comes as king in glory, and those themes are in Advent as well because that's what we're watching for and waiting for. But the third coming of Christ is this idea that Jesus is always coming to us. Jesus is coming to us in the ordinary moments of our lives. He's coming to us in the hard places and in the tender places. And um, how can we watch for Jesus and his third coming as he comes to us individually uh, um, in the more intimate places of our own life? So I love to begin Advent by thinking about uh, not only the first and the second comings, but the third coming. Where am I waiting for Jesus to come in my life personally? And how is Jesus coming to me in the midst of my own life with all, all of its particularities? Yeah, I love that. And, and I think what that makes me think about is another major theme of Advent, because if we're going to look for and even anticipate those third comings of Christ into our lives, we have to start getting in touch with our deep longings, right? Mm -hmm. um, we're, it's we're, our longing to find Christ there. Right. To um, not have it be so empty of spiritual meaning and spiritual reality. Honestly, just a few days ago, uh, in the morning, um, I just dropped off my son for school. And I'd noticed just, I was weepy. Not about anything about my son, but just about some of the things that I'm thinking about in my life right now. And then when I dropped him off and started to drive toward the place where I work out, I just openly started like crying hard. Mm, wow. <laughs> and I, I, that that's not a normal everyday thing for me. Um, and so what I found myself praying for was just, God, I need help. I need yeah. your help. Mm -hmm. And so I noticed just real time for me, really <laughs> real time right now, yeah. I'm longing for God's help in some very yes. specific ways. Right. And so, but another theme of Advent is like practicing waiting yes, <laughs> for exactly. That. Yeah, and I think Advent, you know, Carlo Coretta has that wonderful quote that um, that uh, God comes to us like the sun in the morning when it is time, and we're not the ones who control that. Mm. We don't control when God comes. 
or even how God comes. So the theme of waiting is also waiting without being in control. You mm. know, we're waiting for something that we cannot legislate. It's not ours to do. Um, you wait for the light to come in God's time, not in our own. And so I think that's part of what makes Advent extremely challenging, too, because we experience ourselves to be out of control, waiting for a thing that we desperately want or need, but we can't control when it comes or how it comes. And that's that's a it's a transforming thing. It's a frustrating thing. It's transforming if we can actually wait um, and let God come on God's own terms for us. Um, so that theme of waiting carries us into that sort of liminal space where we're not in control and we know it and that the help that needs to come or the expression of God's presence that needs to come, comes, um, not on our own agenda, but on God's agenda for us, which, wow, it's humbling, (laughs) you know, it's tender, it's frustrating. Um, and then that's where we are. I think about this, the, the Simeon character, you know, who holds the Christ baby uh and he's very old i think at that time and he's been praying for this clearly and then this is the moment right and so we we read the moment but we we don't read the years of waiting um and and what he had to go through and so i think so advent um is a time where we're waiting for the light to come waiting for that those third coming of christ into the real moments of our lives we name our longings, uh, we practice waiting, we realize we're not in control, and there's a sense of anticipation. As you're entering Advent now in your actual life, what are some of the feelings that you have coming into it? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm in the midst of a really hard season, and we're in the midst of a very hard season here in the Transforming Center, and it's it's felt dark, very dark at points along the way. And and still does. And I think um, probably in this season more than any other, I have, you know, struggled to to really know God with me in this. And so just even the longing of my own heart. Yeah, it's about help, you know, and it's also for me even just about presence. Like, God, where are you? Where are you in this? Yeah. Um, and would you shine a light, you know, to show me, you know, where you are? Because I think as... Um, you know, Christ followers as people who long for God in our lives, um, even beyond the answers and the help, we just want to know that we're not alone, you know? And so I think that's part of the longing too, is just to know the presence of God in these places in ways that, that make a difference and that we can really sense and know. Wow. Thanks for saying that. Even in that moment, I was reminded why in the very way back in 2011, when I was reading your book, Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership, and I was considering joining Transforming Center 6, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that you said in the book was your, at, at some point in your life, and at many points in your life, I know you've you've named the longing to meet God for you, mm-hmm. <laughs> not, just, yeah. not just for all the people that you lead, not just for all the ministry that you do, but this deep longing to meet God on God's own terms with you, for you. And, and and I think as Christian leaders, church leaders, nonprofit leaders, it's just so easy to get swept up in the other stuff. That's important. Yeah. Right. So I, I'm glad you named that. I mean, that's important for me. Um, yeah. And so one of the things that's encouraging even about our conversation today, Steve, and as we send these episodes out, is that today's episode, I hope, helps me and you and all of us to drive a stake in the ground for Advent. Mm, yeah. To say, no matter what's going on in my life, no matter how impossible it all feels, 
I am going to do something to order my life to wait and to watch for Christ's presence in my life and practices that will help me to be awake, which which is the first week of Advent um, in, in our cycle A. We're, we're working with the scriptures in cycle A. And the scriptures for this week really emphasize how important it is to wake up and to be awake. That if we do really want to see and to know the presence of Jesus in our lives, there have to be practices that help us to be awake um, to his coming. And so here at the very early stages, can we think about how we're going to order our lives, drive a new stake in the ground to, to be awake to the presence of Christ, not just awake to everything else we need to be about and need to be doing, but how am I going to be awake to the coming of Christ so I don't miss it? Yes. And you're going to give a practice for that at the end of the episode here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to tell a, a, a quick story that I was thinking about as we were, as I was preparing for this. Uh, every September, one of my and it's really on my, it's on my rule of life, actually, uh, Ruth, that you helped me craft uh, through the Transforming Center. But every September, I go on a five-day sailing trip to the Apostle Islands um, around Wisconsin, Minnesota, and it's gorgeous. And But your phone doesn't work. Uh, you're just with the people on the boat and the wind and whatever whatever waves come, they come or, or don't. And one morning, one of my friends shook me awake. Uh, it was still dark outside, and he had this crazy look on his face, like, to get up. We have to look at the sunrise together. We have mm-hmm. to. And, and I was kind of like, Ugh. but I did, and we sat, and it was actually a warm morning, so we sat on the side of the boat, and we just spent about 45 minutes watching all the movements of the sunrise, which is, you know, the clouds change from purple to gold. Finally, that big globe comes up and Mm -hmm. it's slow and you wonder if it will it ever come, but then boom, it comes. And it's, it was so transcendent and beautiful. and I think that's a that's a good picture of sort of some of the things that we're talking about, like making the decision that I'm gonna get up. Like when I get shaken awake by whatever circumstance happens that I'm paying attention for that will come, will I actually wake up and and be watching? Uh, right? I mean, to me, yeah. that like that's your stake in the ground. Like, what will enable me to pay attention for those times where? Uh, I have the opportunity to see what God is doing in my life yeah. um, and, and how God is working. So h- how, would you, how would you talk about, you know, some of the practices that have helped you or yeah. just, yeah, some of the ways that you've woken up in Advent or other times in your life? Yeah. Well, um, I think for one thing, to, to know what to, to watch for and to reflect on. So what I would encourage us all to be involved in as we enter into Advent early now, as we're beginning to enter in, is to actually identify what what are the places right now where I am struggling to know and to experience the presence of Christ? Yes. Where's the dark place, the place where I'm just, I just don't know where God is, um, and I long for the presence, and I long for, like you said, the help that I need. I long for the guidance. 
where are those places right now? And to get really concrete right now at the beginning of Advent, name one or two or three places where it just feels dark and we're waiting for the light and we long for the light and need the light of Christ's presence and to articulate those and to say, yeah, in this Advent season, I'm watching for Jesus there. I think that would be a wonderful way to begin our Advent season, that during this season, in that darkest place, the place I might even want to avoid, I am going to watch for Jesus there. And I can't control it. I don't know what's going to happen or when it's going to come. I think sometimes we don't enter into this kind of an exercise because we're afraid Jesus won't come. I think it feels a little risky, like, what if I identify that place that feels so dark to me where I can't find the presence of God and and I determine that I'm going to order these next four weeks to watch for Jesus in those places and nothing happens, you know? Yeah. There's kind of a fear. And so we avoid um, the real place, the real places where we're longing. And so that's the first thing I would suggest, mm. and it's what I'm doing this season, is to really say to Jesus out loud, I'm looking for you here. This place feels really dark. This situation, I don't know how to find you or how to how to know your presence, how to experience your guidance, but I'm asking for it. I'm longing for it, and I'm going to create space to pay attention to where you might be in these things. I think that would be so powerful for us as as we begin the season, and then and and then actually invite Jesus' presence into that place to say, Jesus, would you come? Would you come to me in some ways that I can actually experience right now? Um, and actually with faith, ask, even though it feels a little risky. And then I think the practice of morning solitude, which uh, you alluded to, but I'll maybe bring a little bit more definition to it, that the practice of morning solitude in particular, where you're up before the dawn and where part of your practice is to sit there in the darkness and wait for the light to come in that slow and imperceptible way. One of the things that I've noticed about the early morning solitude in Advent in particular is the beauty of the colors. Um, the colors are different every day. Sometimes they're shades of blue and gray. Sometimes they're pink and orange. And it's it's stunning to see all the new ways in which the light shows itself. And there's something about that that is almost a wordless encouragement to, to see the light coming every day in its faithful way, in its beautiful way, encourages me that God's going to come into the dark places of my life too. And it is wordless. It's It's inarticulate at that point. Um, I don't have a Bible open. I'm not writing in a journal. I'm just being present to the light as it comes in the beauty of all the ways that it comes. And just as I am certain that the light will come at the beginning of a day, um, it it, uh, solidifies my certainty that Jesus will come into the darker places of my life as well. I love the idea. Okay. When you, when you said wordless encouragement, it made me think, oh my gosh, we're so programmed to find mm-hmm. God a certain way <laughs> in a sermon, in a song, in a Bible study, in a journaling moment, in a, you know, on our normal ways, right? Whatever our normal ways are. Um, but when you said that, like the importance of sitting there and just noticing the colors, noticing um, that's a deeper, I don't want to say it's better. It's just a it's a it's a deeper, less tiresome way to look for God. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I get tired of of doing all the hard work. Yeah, all the things, right? Yeah. Yes. So the wordless encouragement, mm-hmm. it feels like a smile. It, you know, it feels yeah. like a like you didn't do much to earn this or even try for it. You just were awake for it, and it came. 
Yes. Um, sort of an easeful thing, right? Yes. That doesn't wear us out and you feel yourself sort of slowly filling up on the inside. So, so that's what I'm going to encourage. It's really mm -hmm. simple, but, um, that's what I'm going to encourage for us, um, as we begin the season to, to drive this new stake in the ground uh, around Advent, um, to name and to articulate the places of darkness where we are seeking God's presence and we want to be awake and alert and, and watchful. Um, and then perhaps the morning solitude in particular, if we can arrange it at least on some mornings to be there before the sun comes up and to watch it come could really encourage us deeply that the presence of God will come into our lives as well, um, just where we need it, but in God's way and in God's time. And we actually learn how to be patient and, and not force something that's not happening. I really like that. I always like the gentle ways that you introduce spiritual practices, Ruth, because I, I've known you long enough to, to know your fierce side and your intentional side <laughs> yes. and your, you, you really are a strong leader who pushes in a good way people. Um, but you're also this person who laughs so much and who is easy with let's go celebrate and mm -hmm. who constantly reminds us about the graceful way that God moves. Um, and so thank you for that that of holding both of those things, because I think, um, that's one of the unique ways that you help people wake up it oh. is, is, is with that. Um, it, and it's not two poles of an, of, of an extreme. It's not two extremes of one pole. It's just two facets of, I think what we all need, you know? Oh. So thank you for that. Well, that's um, really, really, really kind of you to say, thank you so much. Um, I think the other thing is about Advent that's so interesting for us to reflect on, it can be a place of frustration, is that there is this almost horrible juxtaposition between the invitations of Advent and what the season actually is in secular oh, yeah. culture. And, right. and it's just hard. And I just want to name that for us as well, that that we're all probably feeling some longing right here, right now to do, I'm, you know, every season, I'm going to do this season better. I'm yes. going to simplify it. I'm yes. not going to be as busy. I'm going to say no to this. I'm going to say no to that. And we all start with these uh -huh. brave intentions to have a different kind of season. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it, it works with varying degrees <laughs> of success, different seasons. But, um, I appreciate you talking about valuing the gentleness of it, because I think the last thing we need at the beginning of Advent juxtaposed with the busyness of the Christmas season, the last thing we need is guilt and heaviness and weight. Yeah. We do need something that's actually doable yeah. um, and something that will help us stay grounded in the season of the church year that's pretty distinct um, from the secular holiday season that we're in. Um, but if it's a gentle, doable invitation, then maybe there's hope, right? There's yes. hope that, that we could enter in. So I hope that the gentleness of it does feel hopeful, like, okay, this is just, this is something I could do. This is something that's kind of manageable and I can do it. Yeah. And I, I, so um, I would add to this, if, if we're going to drive a stake in the ground and be gentle about it, but if we're going to wake up a little earlier than we normally mm -hmm. do, my strong encouragement as a, just a, a life coach here mm -hmm. is give, give yourself the permission and create space to go to bed a little earlier, you know? Yeah. Right? So like, mm -hmm. don't, don't, if you normally go to bed at 1130 and you wake up at, you know, 729 yeah. or whatever, um, but you want to wake up at 630 back your, back your time that you go to bed because that's, yeah. we just, we're not limitless. Like we can't right. just add something without, um, taking away something else. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that the, the season that we're in, you know, just 
in our in our universe yeah. you know the the the, the sun goes down yeah. and it gets dark early yeah. and so just let that help you right. let that help you um at five o'clock it feels like seven o'clock at seven o'clock um it feels like nine o'clock so go ahead and let that help you the mm-hmm. fact that the, the days you know come to an end sooner let that help you to go to bed earlier so that you can get up for these early morning hours oh i love that well, Ruth, I would love, I mean, you really walked us through um, some practices and um, uh, some ways to, to wade into this. Do you have anything else to add in terms of how to practice um, during this first week of Advent, this first Sunday of Advent? Um, I have a prayer that I would love to offer us just to help us begin um, and help us to be with God in the ways that we've been describing. Are we ready for that? Please. All right. So if you're if you're driving, keep your eyes open and and you know keep focused on the road. But if you have the ability to stop whatever you're doing for a moment and uh, settle into a seated position where your back is straight, feet flat on the ground, um, your hands open as a, as a prayer posture of receptivity to God here at the beginning of Advent, I'd really encourage you to do that. The body posture and praying within your body will be so helpful um, if you can take a moment to do that. And then in that place of openness and receptivity, take a couple of deep breaths. Breathe in the life that God has given you right now. Exhale and breathe out cares and concerns and any sense of impossibility that you're feeling right now. Just breathe it out. Breathe in the trust that you feel um, in God, that God is coming and wants to come to you in the midst of your own life. And then breathe it out, breathe out your cares and concerns and your sense of impossibility about this season. And then hear this prayer as a way of inviting God in to the dark places of our lives where we are waiting for him. Let it be a prayer of faith and hope. Oh, holy God, open unto us light for our darkness, courage for our fear, hope for our despair. O God of peace, open unto us peace for our turmoil, joy for our sorrow, strength for our weakness. O generous God, open our hearts to receive the gift of your presence this Advent. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Ruth. I hope you've enjoyed this episode talking about Advent. And I hope in this season you're able to name those places in your life that feel dark that you need the power of the Christ to come I hope you've had the vulnerability uh, to push past even that fear that maybe the Christ won't come and I hope this is a transformative season for you where you're surprised where you are expectant and where someone and something meets you. 
If you've enjoyed the music on this episode, it's by my friend Latifa, who sings under many different monikers, but this particular one is Paige CXVI. And you can check out her website, pagecxvi.com, for her upcoming album with Adria Saad, which is going to be beautiful, but also to purchase the music that you heard on this episode, which comes from her album, Advent to Christmas. Thanks for listening.